I'm bad on fashion by dad. And as we do every week on Fashion by Dad, we play a different version of Nothing Compares to You. This version is the second version ever recorded. Uh, Last episode, we heard the demo that Prince made and handed to a band that was a project of his called The Family. Here is The Family's version, the first official recorded version of the song Nothing Compares to You. It's been seven hours and thirteen days Since you took your love away See whomever I choose Oh, 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 oh,
primary focus is to get to the truth about greenhouse gas emissions. Always a great conversation killer. So we'll kick off with an introduction by a very special guest. So special we've not invited him or even asked him. We've just stolen his very own introduction to his very own boiler lectures, which are running now on our very own ABC. This year's boiler lecturer is the leading Australian businessman, Dr. Andrew Forrest AO. I have a confession to make. The iron ore company I founded 18 years ago, Fortescue, generates just over 2 million tonnes of greenhouse gas every year. 2 million tonnes. That's more than the entire emissions of Bhutan and its 800,000 inhabitants. It's a huge number. Yet it's also just 0.004% of the greenhouse gas that enters the atmosphere every year of around 51 billion tonnes. Yes, it's complicated. So complicated, it's tempting to go into denial. Now some politicians want to label carbon dioxide a pollutant. Imagine if they succeed. What would our lives be like then? Carbon dioxide. They call it pollution. We call it life. Well, not all politicians. This is coal. Don't be afraid. The Don't be scared. Treasurer, the treasurer you. knows the rule on crops. It's coal. Now, you don't have to convince me that the climate's not changing. It is changing. You know, and the other thing is I think we've got to acknowledge is, you know, there's a higher authority that's beyond our comprehension and right up there in the sky. Yes. Well, well weird, weird stuff, stuff does happen in the sky. In the sky and in the air here on Fashion by Dad. This is your ancient host, one Mr. Jeff Ebbs. That was from the uh, launch of Your Life, Your Planet. You can see the full video at yourlifeyourplanet.com featuring one Twiggy Forrest, uh, Scott Morrison, um, the giant beetroot, what's his name again? Uh, it's nearly the prime, well, it was the acting prime minister for a while, Barnaby Joyce. I remember when. Um, Barnaby Joyce was a junior member of the coalition, sort of rogue national party. Every time he opened his mouth, people rolled their eyes and groaned. And all of a sudden, he became the deputy prime minister. <laughs> oh, really, you could not make this stuff up. Uh, we're talking about air on Fashion by Dad tonight, working our way through the elements. Last episode, we dealt with fire. Next episode, we're going to talk about water. So that was all conversation about carbon dioxide. It's not a lot of carbon dioxide in air, but it does work like a blanket. Air is mostly nitrogen. About 70% nitrogen, about 23% oxygen, a bit under 2% or around 2% of carbon dioxide. We're up to 420 parts per million the organisation 350.org is set up specifically to keep it at 350 parts per million, which is more or less where our Paris targets are. So that's one way of looking at air. Air affects climate, air makes the weather. Lots of other ways to look at air, more coming up. We heard earlier from Lucy woman Miriam Miriam Sassoli talking about the word hava air used in lots of poetry. We heard the Hindi song Hava Hava Wind Wind Oh Wind spread this perfume everywhere. Uh, here's Hava Mikom.
هوای تازه بهار عشق میخوام عشق میخوام دل هره دیدن یار هوا میخوام هوا میخوام هوای تازه The voice of Mariam Sassoli, who introduced us to Hava Mahum from Leila Foroha. So, Leila Foroha is an Iranian uh, singer, left Iran in 1986, aged about 30, went to Paris, then moved to Los Angeles. Uh, there's a cover of who's doing Dolly Parton's Jolene, which I must find. I think that would be a perfect Fashion by Dad song. You are indeed on Fashion by Dad, where we love to put odd juxtapositions together. As do the moon loungers. Here they are with The Air That I Breathe versus Creep. Two songs which have certain similarities and they've emphasised the similarities. Here we go. Like a feather, peace came upon me. And 
song you're on fashion by dad we're talking about air i've um, found a interesting page called 10 interesting things about air that's interesting isn't it by nasa the national aeronautics space association and place for interesting things so you know they observe things like air as gas but air is not just gas it's got lots of dust in it. Living things need air. Carbon dioxide in air can be good and bad. Well, we heard Twiggy and Barnaby talking about that. Air also holds water. Clouds are in the air. One of the interesting things about that uh, Twiggy and Barnaby um, clip that I played before, which is available at fashionbydad.com and the Insta and the Facebook. Actually, the Insta is a bit hard to put links in, so go to fashionbydad.com. One of the interesting things about that is the little clip from a 2005 advertisement from a group called something like the Institute for Better Education or innocuous name funded by the fossil fuel industry talking about how carbon dioxide is not pollution some people call it pollution we call it life and as they say we call it life a uh, young girl in a white dress with the sun behind her blows a dandelion and the image of the uh, seeds, the little parachutes, the seedlets, whatever we call those little parasol things that form the sphere that is the dandelion take off into the air. Which is one of the images that comes up when you Google air as an image. We'll be talking about a new search engine a little later on in uh, Fashion by Dad. Just going to round out a couple of interesting things about air. It's a protective cushion. So the uh, picture 
for this episode, the background for this episode, if you go to fourzorgau look at the programs, find the fashion by Dad, you'll see this episode. You'll be able to listen to the whole show again if you want to or catch up on any of the tracks, have a look at the names and so on. The picture for this show is a shot taken from space of the sun setting behind the Earth and you can see the rim of the the atmosphere forming a skin around the Earth. And the uh, thickness of the atmosphere is about in proportion to the Earth, the same as the thickness of a skin on an apple. So if you cut an apple in half and look at the skin, that's about how thick the atmosphere is on the Earth, if the Earth was the apple. It's an analogy, you know what I mean. Uh, there's life in the air, so lots of living things make their home in the air, moving around. The air can move fast and far. I'm reading from NASA's 10 Interesting Things About Air. So the wind. Hey, that's air. Some of the interesting things at the NASA's 10 Interesting Things About Air. And um, we will come back to that. At the same time All the corruption and justice The same crimes Always a problem If we do or don't fight And we die We don't have the same right What is a gun to a man that surrenders? What's it gonna take for someone to defend her? If we all agree that we're equal as people Then why can't we see what is evil? of minds, bodies, and human rights. Stripped of bloodlines, whipped and confined. This is the American pride. It's justifying a genocide, romanticizing the theft and bloodshed that made America the land of the free. To take a black life, land of the free, to bring a gun to a peaceful fight for civil rights. You are desensitized to pulling triggers on innocent lives because that's how we got here in the first place. These wounds sink deeper than the bullet your entitled hands could ever reach. Generations and generations of pain, fear, and anxiety. Equality is walking without intuition, saying the protector and the killer is wearing the same uniform. The revolution is not televised. Media perception is forced down the throats of closed minds, so it's lies in the headlines and generations of supremacy resulting in your ignorant, privileged eyes. We breathe the same and we bleed the same, but still we don't see the same. Be thankful we are God-fearing because we do not seek revenge. We seek justice. We are past fear. 
here we are fed up eating your shit because you think your so-called black friend validates your wokeness and erases your racism. That kind of uncomfortable conversation is too hard for your trust fund pockets to swallow. To swallow the strange fruit hanging from my family tree because of your audacity to say all men are created equal in the eyes of God but disparage a man based on the color of his skin. Do not say you do not see color. When you see us, see us. We can't breathe. Can't breathe. Her professional name of Gabriella Samiento Wilson. So that, of course, was an anthem for the Black Lives Matter last year. Uh, she um, received a Grammy, nominated five Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year and Song of the Year. So she received the Grammy uh, uh, this year for that and appeared in quite a few um, films recently as well. Now, just talking about air, I thought we should um, just check in with the Canary in the coal mine. This could be our time for a story time story. I think it's time for a story time story here on Fashion by Dad. Let's tell the story of the canary in the coal mine. The earliest mention that I've found of the practice is from the Yorkshire Telegraph, 1906. Talking about the inquest of four victims who died in a coal mine. Mr W.C. Blackett, a mining expert, said that along with the mines inspector he had made an attempt to reach the scene of the explosion, taking with him a canary in a cage, a safety lamp and an electric hand lamp. They were well equipped to explore the workings with safety. Upon reaching a point beyond which it had hitherto been impossible to penetrate, they got a competent man to test the place with a safety lamp, and finding only a small blue cap, he took a deep breath, and with the electric lamp and the bird he made a rapid advance, left the bird and retired. Returning with the safety lamp and finding the bird on its perch, he advanced again and again in the same way until he and the inspector came to the place where a body was lying. He saw at once that the man had died from after-damp and was not burned. Still advancing in this way, they presently came to a stentor where another man had been working. Here he saw the bird fall from its porch, perch, and incautiously taking a breath of air himself, his knees gave way to a small extent, but he managed to scramble out into the better air, taking the bird with him. The bird recovered within three or four minutes and again got on to its perch. It was most extraordinary to see the rapid effect which the carbonic monoxide had on the bird and he was quite satisfied after the experience with the bird in this way. That bird was a comparative safe guide and much to be preferred to using mice as the fall of the bird from the perch could easily be seen. There are the first written account of a canary in a coal mine. Now, on the topic of coal mines. In the event of something happening to me There is something I would like you all to see it's just a photograph of someone that I knew Have you seen my wife, Mr. Jones? Do 
Talking too loud, you'll cause a landslide, Mr. Jones. The BGs. Songs about a group of miners trapped beneath the surface. Gibb Brothers wrote the song when they were sitting in the dark on some studio stairs in London, imagining they were stuck in a mine accident. Uh, they placed it in New York far from Wales where the Aberfan accident had just taken place. So there was a October the 21, 1966, 144 people were killed, 116 of them children. They weren't all down the mine. A waste tip had slid down the mountain side. That was the story. They set it. They called it the mining disaster in New York in 1941. That was the name of the song. Interesting. One of the first songs where Robin and Barry Gibb sang in unison. Also, Morris said the opening chord doesn't sound like a conventional A minor. Barry was using the open D tuning he'd been taught when he was nine and I was playing it in conventional tuning. It gave an unusual blend. People went crazy trying to figure out why they could not copy it. So there are a few unusual facts from a website that specialises in songs about unusual facts. Now, we just heard I Can't Breathe from her. We were talking a little earlier about the conquest of the Americas by the Spanish conquistadors marching around the globe with the doctrine of discovery. A piece of paper from the Pope. Here's Ziggy Ramo talking about exactly that with Australian songwriter Paul Kelly. Gather round people and I'll tell you a story 200 years of history that's falsified British invaders that we remember as heroes Are you ready to tell the other side? We start our story in 1493 With a piece of paper called the Doctrine of Discovery Invoked by Pope Alexander VI Without this good Christian, our story don't exist. From little things, big things grow. From little things, big things grow. Captain James Cook 
he boarded a fleet And he was armed with the doctrine of discovery The same tactics were used by Columbus It's how today Australia claims terra nullius Cause on that paper the Pope did write That you're only human if you've been saved by Christ And if there are no Christians in sight The land you stumble on becomes your God-given right From little things, big things grow From little things, big things grow Is that your Lord? Cause that's invasion That's the destruction of 500 nations The genocide of entire populations Which planted the seeds for the stolen generation And grew into my people's mass incarceration Now we pass trauma through many generations The Lord can't discover what already existed For 200 years my people have resisted From little things, big things grow From little things, big things grow The wars continued since Captain James Cook And this side of history you don't write in your books You don't want the truth and you don't want to listen But how can you stomach Australia's contradiction Cause we went to war in 1945 We were allies against a terrible genocide And I know it's uncomfortable But the irony I see is that you fall for them But you don't fight for me From little things, big things grow From Little things, big things grow We should move on Move on to what? I still remember Have you forgot That Vincent Langari Knew others were rising Gringy inspired Us to keep on fighting so call it Australia, go on call it what you like I just call it how I see it, and I see genocide Now that you hear me, can you understand There will never be justice on our stolen land From little things, big things grow From little things, big things grow This is the story of so-called Australia But this is the story of so much more How power and privilege cannot move my people We know where we stand, we stand in our law From little things, big things grow From little things, big things grow From little things, big things grow from little things, big things grow. 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 The casualties of a war that never ended. The 
Ziggy Ramo setting the record straight with Paul Kelly. Interesting observations in there. History, a great tool. We keep delving into it here on. Every filmmaker starts as a fan. I've been directing films for almost four decades. Um, I think I can speak for contemporary males. I, I, I don't know um, if you guys agree. But you, you know, you get to that. You know, get to that point in your life. Like I think mostly in the early 30s for men, anyway, um, where you start to realise that um, everything you want to say, every, everything you want to express in your life, can't necessarily be expressed in comedy song. You know, and I, and I think it's at this point in, in your average man's life when, when he might choose to write a nine-minute beat poem. <laughs> this is a nine-minute beat poem. <laughs> it's called Storm. In a North London top floor flat, all white walls, white carpet, white cat, rice paper partitions, modern art and ambition. The host's a physician, bright bloke, has his own practice, his girlfriend's an actress, an old mate of ours from home. And they're always great fun, so to dinner we've come. The fifth guest is an unknown. The hosts have just thrown us together for a favour because this girl's just arrived from Australia and she's moved to North London and she's a sister of someone or has some connection. As we make introductions, I'm struck by her beauty. She's irrefutably fair with dark eyes and dark hair. But as she sits, I admit I'm a little bit wary because I notice the tip of the wing of a fairy tattooed on that popular area just above the derriere. And when she says, I'm Sagittarian, I confess, a pigeonhole starts to form and is immediately filled with pigeon when she says her name is Storm. Conversation is initially bright and light-hearted, but it's not long before Storm gets started. You can't know anything. Knowledge is merely opinion. She opines over her Cabernet Sauvignon vis-a-vis -vis some unhippily empirical comment made by me. Not a good start, I think. We're only on pre-dinner drinks, and across the room, my wife widens her eyes, silently begs me, be nice. A matrimonial warning not worth ignoring, so I resist the urge to ask Storm whether knowledge is so loose weave of a morning when deciding whether to leave her apartment by the front door or the window on her second floor. The food is delicious and Storm, whilst avoiding all meat, happily sits and eats as the good doctor slightly pissedly holds court on some anachronistic aspect of medical history when Storm suddenly insists that the human body is a mystery. Science just falls in a hole when it tries to explain the nature of the soul. My hostess throws me a glance. She, like my wife, knows there's a chance I'll be off on one of my rare but fun rants, but I shan't. My lips are sealed. I just want to enjoy the meal. And although Storm is starting to get my goat, I have no intention of rocking the boat. Although it's becoming a bit of a wrestle because like her meteorological namesake, Storm has no such concerns for our vessel. Pharmaceutical companies are the enemy. They promote drug dependency at the cost of the natural remedies that all our bodies need. They are immoral and driven by greed. Why take drugs when herbs can solve it? Why use chemicals when homeopathic solvents can resolve it? I think it's time we all return to live with natural medical alternatives. And try as I like, a small crack appears in my diplomacy dike. 
By definition, I begin, alternative medicine, I continue, has either not been proved to work or been proved not to work. Do you know what they call alternative medicine that's been proved to work? Medicine. <laughs> so you don't believe in any natural remedies? On the contrary, Storm, actually, before we came to tea, I took a remedy derived from the bark of a willow tree, a painkiller that's virtually side-effect-free. It's got a weird name. Darling, what, what was it again? Masprin? Oh, yeah, aspirin, which I paid about a buck for down at the local drugstore. The debate briefly abates as my hosts collect plates. But when they return with dessert, Storm pertly asserts, Shakespeare said it first, there are more things in heaven and earth than exist in your philosophy. Science is just how we're trained to look at reality. It doesn't explain love or spirituality. How does science explain psychics, auras, the afterlife, the power of prayer? I'm becoming aware that I'm staring. I'm like a rabbit suddenly trapped in the blinding headlights of vacuous crap. Maybe it's the Hamlet she just misquaffed, or the sixth glass of wine I just quaffed. But my diplomacy dyke groans, and the asshole held back by its stones can be held back no more. Look, Storm, sorry, I don't mean to bore you, but there's no such thing as an aura. Reading auras is like reading minds, or tea leaves, or star signs, or meridian lines. These people aren't applying a skill. They're either lying or mentally ill. Same goes for people who claim to hear God's demands, and spiritual healers who think they've got magic hands. By the way, why do we think it's okay for people to pretend they can talk to the dead? Isn't that totally fucked in the head, lying to some crying woman whose child has died and telling you you're in touch with the other side? I think that is fundamentally sick. Do we need to clarify here that there's no such thing as a psychic? What are we fucking two? Do we actually think that Horton heard a who? Do we still believe that Santa brings us gifts that Michael Jackson didn't have facelifts? Are we still so stunned by circus tricks that we think the dead would want to talk to pricks like John Edward? Storm, to her credit, despite my derision, keeps firing off cliches with startling precision, like a sniper using bollocks for ammunition. You're so sure of your position, but you're just closed-minded. I think you'll find that your faith in science and tests is just as blind as the faith of any fundamentalist. Wow, that's a good point. Let me think for a bit. Oh, wait, my mistake. That's absolute bullshit. Science adjusts its views based on what's observed. Faith is the denial of observation so that belief can be preserved. If you show me that, say, homeopathy works, then I will change my mind. I will spin on a fucking dime. I'll be as embarrassed as hell, but I will run through the streets yelling, it's a miracle. Take physics and bin it. Water has memory. And whilst its memory of a long lost drop of onion juice seems infinite, it somehow forgets all the poo it's had in it. You show me that it works and how it works and when I've recovered from the shock I will take a compass and carve fancy that on the side of my cock. <laughs> Everyone's just staring now but I'm pretty pissed and I've dug this far down so I figure in for a penny in for a pound. <laughs> Life is full of mysteries yeah but there are answers out there and they won't be found by people sitting around looking serious and saying, isn't life mysterious? Let's sit here and hope. Let's call up the fucking Pope. Let's go watch Oprah interview Deepak Chopra. If you want to watch telly, you should watch Scooby-Doo. That show was so cool because every time there was a church with a ghoul or a ghost in a school, they looked beneath the mask and what was inside? Oh, a fucking janitor or the dude who ran the water slide. Because throughout history, every mystery ever solved has turned out to be not magic. Does the idea that there might be knowledge frighten you? Does the idea that one afternoon on Wikipedia might enlighten you frighten you? Does the notion that there might not be a supernatural so blow your hippie noodle that you'd rather just stand in the fog of your inability to Google? Isn't this enough? Just this? world? Just this? Beautiful, complex, wonderfully unfathomable natural world? How does it so fail to hold our attention that we have to diminish it with the invention of cheap man-made myths and monsters? If you're so into your Shakespeare, lend me your ear <laughs> to gild refined gold to paint the lily, 
to throw perfume on the violet is just fucking silly. Or something like that. Or what about Satchmo? I'll see trees of green, red roses too. And fine, if you wish to glorify Krishna and Vishnu in a post-colonial, condescending, bottled up and labelled kind of way, then whatever, that's okay. But here's what gives me a heart on. I am a tiny, insignificant, ignorant bit of carbon. I have one life, and it is short and unimportant, but thanks to recent scientific advances, I get to live twice as long as my great-great-great-great-uncles and aunts. Twice as long to live this life of mine. Twice as long to love this wife of mine. Twice as many years of friends and wine, of sharing curries and getting shitty at good-looking hippies with fairies on their spines and butterflies on their titties. And if perchance I have offended, think but this and all is mended. We'd as well be ten minutes back in time for all the chance you'll change your mind. Have you got a cough that has lasted more than three weeks? This is not normal. Lung disease affects at least one in four Australians. Take a minute to check in with your lungs. Visit lungfoundation.com.au forward slash check in. And on 4ZZZ, you were listening to Fashion by Dad, where we're talking about air. You just heard Tim Minchin raving about Storm. Storm, the name of someone, not really the atmospheric effect. Anyway, we can stretch the analogy a little while we're on storms. Let's hear from the doors.